Yes, I have to all to say good morning. Um, even though uh, I was born in America, raised in America, educated in America, my spoken language these days is Hebrew. And uh, as many of you may feel, after a while you begin losing a lot of your uh, vocabulary, language skills. Uh, I mean, I gave the shiur in Hebrew earlier this week and was very comfortable, and I, I feel uh, somewhat uncomfortable giving it in English. But what I'm going to do is, uh, I will speak, of course, in English. Um, the Pesukim from Tanakh will read in Hebrew. If there's something difficult, I can translate it. Certain terminologies just won't work. Translations won't work, but uh, the cultural language, I'm sure, that we, we all share, and we have that, that, um, those Hebrew terms. Um, what I'm discussing today is, um, I believe, one of the central concepts in, in the Judaism, and that is the covenant, Brit. Covenant between the Kodesh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. Um, a few weeks, Rosh Hashanah. In Musaf, one of the central uh, brachot is Zocher Brit. It's to be something very central. We want God to remember the covenant. My Rebbe, Salvechik Zocher Bracha, used to speak uh, very often of the uh, Jewish people as the covenantal community. That was his way of defining us. It's become something that, that it's a concept which defines the Jewish people. Now, the covenant appears really twice in Tanakh. I mean, the covenant between God and the Jewish people. It appears once in Har Sinai, not, not in, there are hints of it in Yitro, where, where the Torah is given, but at the end of Mishpatim, you have the Brit being uh, uh, made between Am Yisrael and Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu. The Mefarshim discussed does it belong there? Does it belong by by Sinai before? It doesn't matter, but it takes place then. And then, forty years later, when on, they're on the border, they're entering Am Eretz Yisrael. The covenant is again made between Am Yisrael and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Rashi, in fact, says on the pasuk, "Atem we're going through a covenant. Rashi says there, you don't have it. Lamed shekansam Moshe lefneir kadosh baruch hu biyom mitato lachitzam brit. Moshe's very last day, the last thing that he does before his death, before he goes up to Harnavo, is that he makes the brit between Am Yisrael and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now, you have in front of you a, a chart, and you have also um, some makorot, some um, sources. And the first source I brought, which appears at, near the end of the Varim, where it says, Ela devreya brit, ashet siva shemet moshe, lichrot at bnei Yisrael be'eretz moav, milvad brit asher karati tambachoreif. In other words, the Torah itself says, that now we're going to make a Brit, which is besides the Brit, besides the covenant, which was already made on Sinai. And so the question arises, why two covenants? What do you need it twice? And what's the difference between them? And most important for me today is going to be, what can we learn 
from analyzing the differences between the two Britot. So what we're going to do is we're going to compare the two of them. Now, what you have is a chart, a chart which outlines 11 characteristics, 11 factors which are involved in the Brit, and we're going to go through them one at a time to see how they manifest themselves in each Brit, if they manifest themselves. And simply make it the first stage, which will be most of the shear today, an analysis just of the differences between the two or the similarities. All right, now, uh, now uh, the, by the way, the Brit Sinai really is, is, is locked into a few few psukim at the end of, of um, Mishpatim, Mishpatim Chavdalet, it appears there. Brit Moab is very different. Brit Moab is a spread out Brit. Nitzavim Vayelach, it's quite open. The word Brit appears about ten times in the two parashiyot together. But as we'll see, the Brit spreads out before it, it spills out into Kitavo and also into Hazino. It's a, in other words, the whole final section of Dvarim, until the Brachot of Moshe, seems to be a part of this Brit. So let's start analyzing it. The first characteristic of the Brit is what I call Haskama, an agreement. What is real, what is a covenant really? A covenant is is a, really Haskam Yedidot, a a, um, a treaty of friendship. That's what it really is a treaty of friendship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. Any any that's what a Brit is. Uh, and therefore, one of the basic elements you have to have is an agreement of both parties. You can't make a contract such as this unless both parties agree. In Brit Sinai, in Shemot Chavdalet, Pusagimel, I have it on the chart, whoever wants to can of course look it up in the, um, follow it in the Tanakh itself. Now we know that we have uh, in Mishpatim, here at the end, uh, sometimes it's Nasevanishma, Nase, it doesn't matter. What happens is the people respond by saying, yes, whatever you, you are bringing to us, the obligations you are placing upon us, we are prepared to accept. Now by Moab, it doesn't say openly at any point that the people agree to accept it. It's implicit, but it's not written openly. When, when Moshe begins by he's talking to all of them, he says, um, on the left side, I have here Dvarim Chavtet, Tet. Atem Nitzavim Hayom, Kulchem Lefnei Hashem Elokechem, Roshichem, Shiftechem, Ziknechem, Shorbechem, Kolish Yisrael, Tapchem, right, Neshechem, V'gercha Asher, V'kerev Machanecha, Mechotev, Itzecha, V'ad Shoei, V'mechemecha, now Moshe says, you're standing here, everyone is coming here to accept this bread. There's no open statement that the people say, Naseh, or Naseh Venishma. It doesn't appear there. But the commentaries are all understood. It has to be implicit. If you look at uh, source number two on your source paper, I think this photo, this photo says it quite clearly. La'avrachah bivrit, 
אתם ניצבים כל זה הסדר וההסכמה with your agreement מוכנים להיות עוברים בברית ready to לכרות הברית what would you say in English לכרות ברית to what? to make it to enter let's say to enter right to agree to to enter to enter this this covenant And since you all came, and you're all here, and no one's objecting, it all seems that you're ready to accept it. But you see that the Sforna here is working hard to explain. There's got to be an acceptance. If there's not an agreement, there's, there's no escape. Um, and the Ramban, I brought the Ramban brings the Ibn Ezra, Amar Avraham, that's the Ibn Ezra, the Tambrit, What does a brit mean in its essence? Haskama. It means a mutual agreement. Something that both sides have of their own volition chosen to enter. Migizrat brulachem. Brulachem means choose. Bru means choose. choose. This, the Pesach appears when Goliath comes out there and says... Go ahead, select some, any, any warrior you want to, to oppose me. He says, Berulachem, choose. So, so, if an editor says the very word bris means that the person chooses to accept it. This is, this is the, the Ibn Ezra's way of explaining it. Alright, I will skip a little further because he goes into some, um, it's, it's diktuk, we, we don't need it first right now. Um, fine. This but as Ramban has something which is a little different, but it, but it doesn't matter. Um, choosing agreement is part of it. Now, what's, what's a little bit strange here is that the rabbis in Gemara Shabbos say something else happened at Sinai. It says in Sinai, Now, what that really means is they, they, um, the Jews stood at the, at the foot of the mountain, But literally it means they stood under the mountain. Tachtit means under. So the rabbis say, Kafalehem harkigigit that Hashem uprooted the mountain Sinai, put it over the people, like a hen of roof, and said, If you accept it, Mutav, if not, Here, this is your, you're in your grave already. That's it. Now, the rabbis there, change it into something which is forced. Uh, even though the, the Gemara continues, it says, but later on, in the turn, time of Esther, Kimu Kiblu Alayim, the Jews accepted upon them. It was accepted. Um, why they, they consider this uh, to be coercion when it seems to be the Maharal explains, and I think he's right, that this is, this is a shot of what, what, what the rabbis meant. That the Mamadar Sinai, the, 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 the standing before Mount Sinai with all the, the, the thunder and, the, and the, the lightning and the smoke and the, the, you know, and the loud voice of God speaking was so overwhelming, you really had no choice but to say yes. All right? You know, when we're little kids, you know, your father comes over, you, do you agree or not? You know, yes, you know, all right, fine. That, I think that's what the rabbis meant. But in essence, both retold. have to include haskama. There's got to be an agreement on both parts, a free agreement to accept it. Now we go on to bet, the second characteristic. Second characteristic is that it is a kind of a ceremony. It's a ma'amad. 
In Asiya it says, Vayavo Moshe, Vayasapir Laam, it called the Vray Hashem, that called him Mishpatim, Vayikach Sefer Abrit, Vayikrabaz Neam. Moshe comes before the whole people. He talks in front of all of them. There, there was, there was, the Brit is not signed between the leadership of the people and God in some kind of tent in a corner. That's not what happens. What happens is Moshe comes and speaks to the whole people. There is a ceremony here. And the Devarim, you have the same thing. The Devarim, it begins, You're all standing here before God. And he gives a list here. Um, your leaders, the elders, call Ish Yisrael. And, and starting up to call Israel, it goes on, the Tapchem, Unishechem, your children, the women, everyone, everyone is standing here. There is a ceremony which is going on. Now, ceremonies appear very often in Tadach. Um, when, when, when something very special happens and you want to give great meaning to a certain action, you create a moment. A moment, a ceremony is a moment in a certain place where everyone feels part of it. Yoshua, before he dies, calls all the people together. There is a ceremony at that point. Uh, Shlomo HaMelech, after he builds the first Beit HaMikdash, to him is the ceremony. That's for notes. And the first one is Yoshua Chavdalid, Shlomo's Melachim Aleph Perakhet, Chizkiyo, in Divrei Yom in particular, Bet, in Perakhet and Lamed, when he reopens the Beit HaMikdash, his father, Amon Lakta, the Beit HaMikdash, was he, he, he was so such a fervent <laughs> devotee of Avodah Zarah that he locked the Beit HaMikdash. When Chizkiyo reopens it and cleanses it and, and begins the, uh, the, 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 the service in the temple again, he again has a ceremony where the people are all there. Now it's interesting, there are two more where actually a covenant is made. When Yoshio finds the Sefer Torah, all right, he finds the Sefer Torah that is in Melachim Bet, Chav Bet, Chav Bet, Chav Gimel. They find the Sefer Torah. It had been lost for generations. Who knows how long they find it. And what does he do? He calls all the people together and makes a covenant with them to observe this Torah. And Ezra and Nehemiah also, when they, when they, uh, when he calls all the people together to divorce their uh, Gentile wives, in, uh, which is in uh, Ezra Yud. Again, here also the ceremony. A ceremony seems to be a central part of making a Brit. At least the Brit between the Am Yisrael and Kodesh Baruch Hu, It's not made in the corner in some tent of representatives. Everyone is there. The third thing, Gimel. Who is present at the Brit? Here we have a basic difference between the two Britot. In Sinai, who's present? Look what it says in Gimel. It says, Shmot Chavdalad Chet. Vayikach Moshe et Adam. Right? Vayizrok Ala'am Vayomer Hinei Dam Habrit. This is the blood of the of the Brit. It symbolizes the, the covenant. Asher Karat Hashem Imachem Al Koled Vermeilo. Which God is now making with all of you people. In other words, the Brit is made with all the people in front of him. But in Moab, look what it says. It says something else. In Devarim Chavtet, Yud Gimel. V'lo etchem levatchem anochi koreit et ha'brit hazot et et ola hazot. 
It's not only with you, all you people before me, that I am making this covenant. I am making this covenant with those that are here before us now. The covenant is being made with future generations as well. This is a basic difference. It's interesting. Sinai, it's made with the people. Moab, it's made with the Jewish people in more of a metaphysical sense almost, because it's not only the people that's standing before them, but it's the people in all future generations. And so we, we note that as being uh, the first basic difference between the two Britons. Dalai, the fourth thing we're going to discuss is the content. In both cases, there is a book. There's a Sefer Habrit. And this is interesting. A covenant doesn't necessarily require a Sefer Habrit. Maybe it's say you need a written uh, contract, right? But, but a Sefer Habrit, you wouldn't... I wouldn't have guessed this if I didn't see it in the Torah. Yet in both cases it appears. Look, in Shmot Kavdalad Zion, Vayikach Sefer Habrit Vayikra Bazlei Ha'am Vayomru Kol Asher Diber Shem Nasevet Eshma There's a Sefer Habrit. What the Sefer Habrit is, is not clear. If you take a look at source number three, I brought the Ramban. The Ramban tries to fill it in because the Torah doesn't define what the Sefer Abrit is. And so the Raman comes tries to fill it in. Vazachira miskira haparsha ki Moshe asa ki mitzvat Hashem. Moshe follows God's orders, comes to the, the camp of the people. V'yesaper la'am et kol devrei Hashem. Moshe now comes up from Sinai and he tells the people everything God has commanded them. Kashet zivoto, kotomar b'nei Yisrael. God told them, tell them. Also, et kol ha-mishpatim. Kashet zivavele mishpatim. Asher tasim lefneihem. Since this appears at the end of Mishpatim, the Ramban, the Ramban who generally, his general position is, he never changes the order of things in the Torah unless his back is against the wall. His back is not against the wall here. He says, that was a Mamar of Sinai, we got the Ten Commandments, then Elo Mishpatim, we got all the rules, and now, this is what he knows, Moshe tells it to them, the Kiblua Kol Basimcha, the people accepted it all with joy, and they agreed to accept it. Moshe Katav Sefer Moshe then wrote down in the Torah, whatever it is now, the Sefer Brit, all the laws that God gave him until now. He got up the next morning, and this becomes the book. This is the Sefer Brit. The Sefer Brit is probably includes the Ten Commandments, Mishpatim. This is what he had at that point. Rashi, interestingly, adds much something onto it. Rashi says, what is the Sefer Abrit? He says, Mibreshit the Admatan Torah, he includes also. He says, Rashi says, the Sefer Torah includes from the beginning, from Breshit, Moral, or Kim, until the end of Mishpatam, until, depends where Rashi puts it, until that day. This is what the Sefer Brit is. But whatever I say it is, 
there's a book here at the time, uh, and it's called the Sefer Habrit. The same thing in in Moab, you took it in Moab, Dvorim Lamed Aleph Chafei, Chavav, Vaitzav Moshe Talavim, Nosei Arom Brit Hashem Limo. Moshe now commands the Levim, who are the carriers of the Ark of the Covenant, Aron Habrit, Limor. Lokoch et Sefer HaTorah Hazeh. Take the Sefer Torah, which seems to be the whole Torah until this point, and put it next to or in, depends on you define it, the Arona Brit. And so in each case, there is a book. Now the book is very, very important. The book, it's not our topic, but, but I think one of the reasons the Torah stresses that there's a book is Dafka because there's going to be a Torah Shabal Peh. Torah Shabal Peh develops in Am Yisrael to be the major portion of what we do. If you take away Torah Shabal Peh, I think our lives are going to be very easy. I mean, <laughs> most of it's gone. I mean, you take it away. It's, it's, Torah Shabal Peh is what we're about. But the only way Torah Shabal Peh can su- succeed if there's an anchor that you can't budge. In other words, the creativity of the rabbis, everything that happened, part of Torah Shabbat Peh was given to Moshe, but a lot of it was created. And all the creation can only take place, and you won't go off course completely, only when there's some kind of anchor that at least sets the parameters in which this creation can take place in. And this is the Sefer Abrit. There's going to be a Brit, there's going to be a Torah going on, we have to have these parameters, we have the Sefer Abrit, which is the written Torah here. That's another commonality. Naturally, in the first Brit, you couldn't have the whole Torah. It was not given yet. Now, now comes something fascinating. Very, very, very fascinating. Um, oh, by the way, I, there is one more thing I want to say about um, about if you notice in, in, in Dvarim, it says it's called the Sefer Torah, put in the Arona Brit, right? It never calls it does not call the Sefer, Sefer Abrit, the way it is called in, in Shvot. But it is called, V'hayasham b'chol Eid. It's going to be a witness. The word Eid is connected with Brit. I'll show you a Pasuk. Remember when Lovan is chasing after Yaakov, and Yaakov runs from Haran, he's running back there with Israel, and they meet on Hara Gilad, and so they make, they make a, some kind of agreement there, Right? What do you say? Vata lechavenichrad brit anivata. Let us make a covenant, you and me. Vayola ed beniu venecha. Let it be a witness between me and you. This is Breshit Lamed Aleph Mem Dalit. So you see here, the Torah used the word ed, arona brit. Even though it's called the Sefer Torah, it seems to be that. Now, now we get to the very interesting thing. Hey, besides the Sefer Brit. There is an abridged version in each case. There's a Sefer Metzumtzam. There's Tochen Metzumtzam. Abridged version. What do I mean? Well, in the in Brit Sinai, the abridged version is clear. Moshe is with God 40 days and 40 nights. Lechem lo achal, umayim lo shatah. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. Vayichtov aluchot et devrei habrit aseret hadvarim. He has the Luchot Habrit, the Ten Commandments, which are a kind of abridged version of the larger Sefer Brit. 
an abridged version. Ten commandments. The, the ten basic things. In Dvarim as well. And this is interesting. Dvarim as well. What do we have here in Dvarim? It says as follows. Dvarim lamar alf yutet. Vata kitvu lachem et hashirah zot. And now, write this song. What song is he referring to, of course? Hazinu. Hazinu, which we're going to give right away. The Lamdat Bnei Yisrael. Sime b'fiyem. Lamanti yeli yashira zot le'ed b'bnei Yisrael. Again, the word ed. That this should be a witness in Am Yisrael. This thing. Vechtov matez yashira zot v'yom huvi lamdat b'nei Yisrael. In, it's very interesting. In both cases, there's a Sefer Brit or Sefer Torah and then there is bridge version. In one case, the Ten Commandments, and in the other case, Ha'azino. But, there's a major difference here that we have to point out. The content. The Ten Commandments are ten rules by which we have to live our life. Ha'azino is a very difficult, it's a, it's a, it's a pessimistic, it's almost an angry poem about Am Yisrael, about Am Yisrael that's going to rebel against God. Israel, you become fat, and, and you balked at everything. You start rebelling, and the whole rebellion and how God takes revenge on them. This is what Hazina was about. In other words, there may be in both cases a, an abridged version, but it's a very, very different abridged version. And we'll have to understand why that takes place. The next one is a Kriya Barabin public reading. In each case, there's a public reading. Look, in, in, in Shmot it says, Vayikach Sefer HaBrit Vayikrab Aznei which is not only a a, 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 a Sefer there, I suppose, Chav Dalet Zayin, Shmot Chav Dalet Zayin. He takes a, 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 the Sefer Brit and he reads it to the people. And same thing in Hazinu. It's strong. God reads, Moshe reads Hazinu from beginning to end before the Jewish people at this at this, at this ceremony. And so we have here another thing which is, which is very interesting. You've got a public reading. Now, Public reading appears also again in Tanakh. First of all, you have right in the area, you have the mitzvah of Hakel, that once every seven years, there's a public reading. It takes place in Jerusalem by the king. But there's also Yoshio, when he finds the Sefer Torah, and he makes the Brit with the people, he reads the Sefer Torah before them. And the same thing takes place in the Chamin Ezra, when they, when they make the, renew the covenant. These are renewals of covenants for the people that this is what they do. Um, okay, let's go on. Alright. The next difference, next next uh, point, the tekes, the ceremony. There's a ritual ceremony which takes place in Brit Sinai. At the end of Mishpatim, Perak Chav Dalet, the young people of Bnei Yisrael Zatu, Narei Bnei Yisrael Zatu, it doesn't matter, are called upon to bring korbanot, and there is a sprinkling of blood on the people as a ritualistic expression of the covenant. 
I brought it here. Chol Dalid Vav. Vayikach Moshe Chatzi Adam. Moshe takes half the blood. Vayasem Baganot. Vachatzi Adam Zarak Alamizbeach. Half the blood he spreads on the on the altar, and the other half he he has in a certain vessel. Vayikach Sefer Habrit. Then he takes the Sefer Habrit. Vayikrabas Neam. He reads it for them. Vayomu Kolam Kolah Shemivershem Nasev Nishma. Now they say whatever God says. We will do and we will hear. And then, Vayikach Moshet Adam, Vayizrok Alam, Vayomer Hinei Dama Brit, Asher Karat Hashem Imachem, Akolet Vorem Ma'ela. So you have here a, a, a clear ritual where they bring Korbanot, but the blood from the Korbanot are, are already sprinkled on the people as a kind of symbol of this, um, we used to call it a, um, Kids, we used to, you, know, you see, you had a blood, uh, what? Oath. An oath. Blood, blood, brothers. Brothers, blood brothers, you know, uh, it's, it's a symbol of the blood. Because here the blood was from the, from the, from the uh, korban, but it didn't matter. This is symbolic of making up. In Moab, there is nothing, nothing reminiscent of this. There's a ceremony, Moshe's standing there, fine, he's speaking to them, you have the book, you have the, the large book, you have the abridged book, everything is the same, there is no ritual whatsoever. Now it's interesting, the Ramban, if you look at num- uh, source number four in your, force, in your sources, the Ramban noticed this and he was a little concerned. Why is there a ritual here and not there? So the Ramban says, which when he says that means, you know, I really don't know, but maybe, maybe. He's, he's trying to work his way through this. Maybe really here, he made a, a covenant or a ritual like the first one. Which he made in Har Sinai. That he brought a, 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 a burnt offering. And he took Half the blood to spill the zok al mizbeach to pour on the on the altar. V'chatzial am adam zarak al am avolohu tzrach laskirzeh. But there was no need to repeat it here. Possible, but we, we I can't prove one way or the other. What I can say is that for some reason the Torah left it out. Now here I have a theory which I can propose to you why I think it doesn't appear here. And why it didn't, it didn't exist. Not only doesn't appear, it didn't exist. I, I throw this out for you for your consideration. Like all Chidushim, um, the one who says it feels very good about it, and everyone else can do what they want to. Um, <laughs> I'd like to tell the story of my Rebbe, or Salavechik once. We came to a very difficult. Um, it was a Hashem in. in we don't even give up us then. And. and uh, we couldn't figure it out. It was Thursday. He just couldn't figure it out. So he said, well, I'll go over the weekend. I'll think about it. He goes to Boston. He comes back Tuesday. I'll, I'll see if we have any explanation. He comes back on Tuesday. And he says, I figured it out. He gives us a shear for about an hour and a half. And he works astray with his brilliant mind through this Muhammad. Right? He finishes. He sits back and he smiles. And a, a hand goes up. <laughs> he says, yeah, what do you want? You know? <laughs> He says, Rabbi, I also thought about it. I have another explanation. <laughs> so the Rav says, say it. He loved this. This is the Rav's joy. He says, well, say it. This fellow speaks for about three minutes. <laughs> Just cuts through the Milchavot Hashem. Beautiful. It was clear to everyone in that room what happened. <laughs> the Rav puts his hands down. 
and this is what he thought. He concentrates, he concentrates, and he, he, you can hear a pin drop in the room. <laughs> I was waiting. And then he picks up his head and he smiles. He's right. <laughs> he's right. He said, so and so is right. He said, how do I know he's right? There's a rule in logic. If you have a complicated explanation and a simple explanation, the simple is always right. I want everyone to forget what I said and to accept him except for one person. Myself. I worked so hard on mine, I love it. <laughs> right? Now, this happens whenever you do something new, you're excited, but you don't know how anyone else will take it. Anyway, I have a theory here to try to explain why there is a ritual in the first and not a ritual in the second. There's a previous model for a Brit, and that is the Brit Avot. Now, God makes a covenant with Abraham twice. First is the Brit Ben Abitarim, and then there's the Brit later where he changes Avram's name and Sarah's name and Brit Mila, etc. Now, in the first Brit, it's all ritualistic. Avram is told to take animals, slice them in half, put them both sides, and the fire goes through them, and the bird, the bird, he doesn't cut the whole ritual. In the second one, there's no ritual. No ritual. God comes to him and tells him, I'm changing your name from Avram to Avraham. I'm changing your wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. And do a Brit Mila. No ritual. Why not? Because the difference, the Brit Mila is not a ritual that takes place at the Brit. He's commanded to do it. But it's not part of the, the Brit that, uh, of the ceremony. This is not the ceremony itself. There's no ceremony. And I think the reason is simple. The first one is when you make a Brit, you need a symbol. When you share the Brit, when you ratify, when you ratify, confirm the Brit, you don't need a symbol. If that's the reason, that would explain the difference between Sinai and Moab. At Sinai, the Brit is made. We need the symbol where it's ratified or it's confirmed. And, And later on, 40 years later, a symbol is not required. As I said, that's a theory. Maybe right, maybe wrong. We go on. Why do you need that second time? I'll get to that also, why we need it all. Well, it's a question why we need the whole Brit a second time. We have a Brit already. Why do we need, why do we need a ratification of, of the Brit now? We're going to get to that. Right? Fine. Let's go on. Now we get to the next thing, um, the Tochecha. This is, of course, the, the most difficult thing of all. In Brit Moab, Right before Atem Nitzavim Ayom, you have Parshat Kitavo, where you have the Tochecha. You have, this example where English doesn't work. I tried to find the word for it. Rebuke? I don't know. It doesn't work. This is a cultural word. Tochecha is not only a Hebrew word. It's a cultural concept. When you say Tochecha, it means, I don't want that aliyah. You know what I mean? It has, it has a meaning. So, Tochecha, you have it, it's a bitter description of God when the people are not going to keep the Torah and the horrible consequences that have come upon them. I, I bring part of it here. If, if you keep the mitzvot, then everything's going to be fine. I'll turn to you, I'll make you, multiply you, everything's going to be fine. Then I can keep our covenant. But, if you don't listen to me, if, if, if you find the Torah repulsive and you, and you reject it then, then what happens? And to violate my 
our covenant, then boom, then comes the Tochecha, comes up. This appears in the Torah. In in uh, in um, this appears, in, excuse me, in, in Sinai, right? No, this appears, excuse me, I made a mistake. Devarim, it appears, I was reading from Vayikra, I made a mistake. I gave away, I gave the giveaway before I, I blew it. Alright? Let's go back a bit. In Devarim, it appears, on the left side you have, if you don't listen to God and everything, then, in in Pesach Samachtet, Elu Divrei Habrit, Asher Karat Hashem, this is the Brit. The Tochecha here is clearly part of the Brit. What I want to prove to you is the Tochecha is not something before the Brit. At the end of the Tochecha, in Devarim, it says, the Tochecha ends, Elu Divrei Habrit, Asher Tziva Hashem, Moshe Lechrot, Ebenei Yisrael, Be'eretz Mawab, Milvar Habrit, Asher Karati Tamachorei. This is the Brit that God has made with the Jewish people, Besides when it made in Sinai. Problems in Sinai, you don't find the Tochecha. You look, you look in, 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 in Yitro, Mishpatim, search whatever you want by Sinai, you will not find it there. It doesn't appear. Forget about it. It's not there. So, it would seem to be strange. Here is Tochecha, the other is not. Maybe this is a difference. But the Pasuk says, Elu Devrei Habrit. This is the words of the covenant which God made with the Jewish people in Moab, besides when he made in Sinai, which would seem to indicate there was a Tochecha in Sinai, but it's not there. I'll tell you where it is. At the end of Vayikra, something very strange happens. How does Vayikra begin? Vayikra Hashem al Moshe, Hashem elav, me'ohel mo'ed le'mor. Why does God speak to him from Oel mo'ed? Because now there's no El Moed. You already have the Mishkan. The Mishkan was built, and God now speaks to them, to him, to Moshe, from El Moed. All of a sudden, at the end of Vayikra, what do you have? Vayedaber Hashem Moshe Bahar Sinai Leimor. Up, up, up. Wow. What's Har Sinai? What's it doing here? You have Bahar, you have Bechukotai, and then at the end of Bechukotai, Oh, one second, I need my Tanakh. Someone read me the last Pesach in, in, in Vayikra. How does Vayikra end? At the end of Bechukotai, the last Pesach. Eile Mitzvot Hashet Tzivah Hashem Ad Be'eshel Bahar Sinai. In other words, there's a piece here, Bahar Bechukotai, that God speaks from Har Sinai. What's he speaking to him from Har Sinai? We're probably not even by Har Sinai here. We're in Oel Moed. We're moving. What, what, what's going on here? The Ibn Ezra here comes and says something fascinating. If you take a look at uh, source number five, Ibn Ezra says, Bahar Sinai. Ibn Ezra says, What in the world is Har Sinai doing here at the end of Ayikra? He says, Ein Mukdam Umbuchar Batorah. The story is not always written in chronological order. The Zua Parsha Kodem Vayikra. This Parsha is before the whole Sefer Vayikra. V'chola Parsha Chaimacharav. Bahar B'chukotai. This whole piece at the end of Vayikra really took place much earlier. Ki Adibur Bahar Sinai. 
Because as God is speaking to Moshe and Har Sinai, once they built the Mishkan, the contact between Hashem and Moshe was in Oel Moed. So this must be before. Here, in here, you have the Brit of Ela Mishpatim. What the Ibn Ezra is saying is that the Tochecha in Vayikra and Bechukotai, its chronological place, is back in Mishpatim. Back together with the Brit. In other words, there is a Tochecha there is a Tochecha, even in Brit Sinai. But it's, for some reason, maybe we'll discuss later reason, I think, pushed to the end of Vayikra. Alright? The Ebenezer goes on to give an explanation, which I don't think is relevant for us here now, of why he believes these things appear at the end. In other words, why was it taken out of its chronological order and put over here? There are other theories on this. The theories doesn't matter to me. What, what's important for us to see is that there is a tochicha in both places, and that in the first in Brit Sinai, for some reason, it was pushed away from there and put somewhere else. We'll try to understand that later. Okay? Now, next thing. The Haradami Kishalom, which means the fear of failure. Here we have another difference. Let's look at the Varum first, the left one. In Dvarim, something very strange happens in Nitzavim Vayelach. There is a, an actual prophecy that the whole thing is going to fail. Our whole experiment is going to fail. Look at it. Vayomer Hashem al Moshe. I'm reading now Yud Zayin Ted Zayin in Dvarim. No, no, number Dvarim Lamed Aleph. Lamed Aleph. Excuse me. Ted Zayin and Yud Zayin. Vayomer Hashem al Moshe. Hincha Shochev Imavotecha. You're now about to die. And this people now are going to prostitute themselves in, in the hands of, 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 of other gods. They're going to they're going to leave you. That he's coming into it. Vazavani, and they're going to leave me. They They're going to violate the covenant which I'm making with them. I'm going to be angry with them on that day. Vazaftim, and I'm going to leave them. I'm going to turn my face away from them. Vayalechol, and they're going to they're going to be food for other people to to to, to devour. They're going to find trouble and everything. Doesn't matter. Interesting. There is a, 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 a prophecy of black dark, heavy, depressing prophecy, part of the Brit that the whole thing is going to fail. Now, in Brit Sinai, there is nothing of that. The best I could find is in the few verses before the beginning of the Brit, <laughs> I had to go back there. In Chav Dalet, not Chav Dalet is nothing, the Brit. But in Chav Gimel, I was able to find something there. Chav Gimel, Aleph, Gimel, the end. I'm going to set your borders and here and here, it doesn't matter. And, and then he warns them, Don't you make a covenant with these foreign nations. Don't let them live in your country. Lest they 
This is a major difference between the two. There's another thing you, have, you find in both, and that is um, an, uh, there's an attempt here to a preservation. How do you preserve the covenant and transfer it further? In in Shmot, if, in, in Dvarim, I think Dvarim, it's much clearer. Not only do I want you to write this Hazinu, Teach it to the people. Sima b'fihem. Sima b'fihem seems to mean they all should memorize it. Our kids forget what this is. Some of us remember what is in school to memorize. Yeah, some of us remember that. They have to memorize it. Sima b'fihem. Lamanti eli ashirazot aid b'vnei Yisrael. I want it to be a permanent witness before the Jewish people. In other words, there is a look forward. You've got to study it. This Brit must be learned and made part of you. In, in, in Shmot, it has the same thing. God says, Come unto the mountain, be there with me, Vet Nalachoet, Aluchot, Evan, Vatorav, Amitzvah, Asher Kotafti, Lahorotam. I'm going to give you all the laws and the ordinances of the Torah, which I am giving you to teach them. There, there, there's a command in both places. That the covenant is not something just that's you know, written a contract that in Gemara the expression is it's a, it's in the corner in a museum in a museum Magna Carta right at the British Museum once and they can never forget that the ground floor they have all the very important documents there was the Magna Carta and then something that moved me tremendously the Rambam's handwriting Mishnah Torah with the Rambam's signature on it. And the third thing was the original paper where the Beatles wrote their song. I forgot which one. <laughs> but, you know, all, all, you know, all major documents are important for human history. I don't know. But um, the, uh, here it's not enough to put it in a museum. Belanda today, Shosima Befiyan, Lahorotam, teach them. It's got to become part of it. There's got to be some educational system to preserve what we did and pass it on. The last thing that appears in both is a difference. In Moab, it says, Allah is a curse. In other words, you've got to, it's, it's a shvua, it's an Allah, it means uh, they've got to take a kind of promise with a, almost a curse on it if they don't keep it. The, the, these words don't appear in Sinai. Sinai, you don't see this. And in fact, the Ramban, the Ramban points this out. If you know number six on your on the on the source material, the Ramban points it out. He says, "Vahabrit, he Allah. The Brit is really a shvua in Allah. In other words, you, you take a promise to keep it, and you take upon yourself penalties or a curse, whatever it is. If you don't keep it, Asher Yaskil Avuchab Brit Hashem Lo Kecham Ba'Ovo Olato." In the first Brit of Matan Torah in Sinai, 
you don't find a lot of klolot. By the way, he doesn't have klolot because the Ramban does not do what Ibn Ezra did. Rabbi Ibn Ezra took the tochecha of Vayikra and moved it to Sinai. The Ramban, I told you before, he never changes the chronological order at all unless he's forced to. So he, he doesn't point that here. Right. We now finish the first part. We, what we did now is we put together now uh, 11 factors we, we examined comparing the two Britot. We saw in most of them there's a commonality, but there are uh, differences between them. Now, what I want to get now is, is this the simple question. Why two Britot? What is the essence of a Brit? How can I try to use the differences between them to help give me a deeper understanding of what's going on here with the Britot? The key to this, I think, is the Ramban we just read, number six, but I stopped in the middle. And now we're going to read further. The Ramban here is dealing with Remember, he said that a lot of klolot appear in, in Moab at the end of 40 years, but it doesn't appear in the Brit Sinai, which is done at the beginning. And so the Ramban tries to explain it. Vahatam. He says, I'm going to provide the reason for this difference. Lomar, azot. Why do I have to, in this second Brit, bring them, use these very harsh terms, Mi'irati, because I'm afraid. Maybe part of them will be seduced. To the, 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 the um, abominations of Mitzrayim. I'm unclear except the eagle didn't come from nowhere. This is what they saw in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim served the eagle. That was, the, that was one of the gods. Only she could say Amonu Moav, and now you've been exposed to Amonu Moav. You've been exposed to a lot of Avodah Zorah, and maybe, and you failed. You failed in the Egel, you failed in the in in in, in Baal Pa'or, with the, with the, when the women of Moab seduced them and, and and brought them also to idolatry, and therefore he says, I need here Olotokololot. This is the basic explanation for the difference between the two Britot. See, Brit Sinai is made with a young nation. A young nation that just suffered hundreds of years in, in, uh, as slaves, uh, being oppressed by, 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 by a cruel people. Their, their, their children were taken from them, drowned in the water. They, they had to work. And then all of a sudden, they were freed in, in miraculous uh, 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 process, which involved ten makot, which basically blew the laws of, na- of nature and, and crossing of the Red Sea, etc. And so they, they leave. These are people that are going out with a great sense of optimism and with a great yearning to come to this land of Ered Zavat Chalava Devash, of milk and honey. That this, is what, this is what they're yearning for. That's not the case of Bit Moab. Moab, this is 40 years later. This is people that have gone through some very difficult times in the Midbar, involving terrible failures, involving setbacks, involving deviations. So, so badly that they were, they were kept 40 years in the desert when it should have been a short trip, a few weeks, who knows, to go into Eretz Israel. 
they've just gone through a very difficult time. And what happens is, their mentality in many ways is very different. They have lost confidence in themselves. Can we make it? Look, look wait. And not only have they lost confidence in themselves, but God has also lost a certain confidence. Look at these people. These people were supposed to be my chosen people and then set a whole, whole new pattern. And so now if we look at the differences that we pointed out before, everything is understandable. We pointed out, I'm not going to go in the order, but we, we show that in Moab, at the end of 40 years, there is a prophecy of failure. They're going to fail when they come at their Israel. In Brit Sinai, it's not. Brit Sinai, they were optimistic. Obviously, we're going to succeed. We're free people now. What can prevent us? Not in Moab. Moab, they understood the reality of, of being exposed to other cultures and being, being um, even overwhelmed by them. Also, Moshe in, in Sinai made the Brit with the people here. But after 40 years of failures, Moshe says, oh my God, look what we're going through. If we fail now, you know what's going to happen ahead of us? And so he has to make the Brit, It's not enough to make it with you. I want to make it with the people of the future because I'm worried that they're going to fail. I don't have the confidence that I had 40 years ago. The Tochecha. That's interesting. You know, the Tochecha, I can understand that in Moab, after all the failures, you give this terrible description of, of what they're heading for, because they, they failed. In Sinai, when everyone is optimistic, <laughs> you know, everything's going so well, to all of a sudden come up with Tochecha there, it's almost out of place. And therefore the Torah puts it out of place. In my opinion, that's why the Torah moves it. The Torah moves it because it almost doesn't make sense there. You're reading it, and, and all of a sudden this Tochech appears out, out, out of the blue. But a Tochech appears in both places, but Sema Sinai, it's out of place, and so it's out of place um, from the point of view of... of, of um, um, historically, you don't feel it belongs to these people, but it's not out of place, and God, of course, knows what's going to happen. The other difference is the difference of the um, abridged version. In, in, in Sinai, the abridged version is the Aserat Adibrot. That's the abridged version of the book, right? You've got to keep what God commands. These are the ten most fundamental rules that you have to keep. In Moab, I'm going to give you the abridged version. I'm going to warn you, Hazino or Shemayim, I'm going to bring witnesses. I want the witnesses, the, the sky and, the, and the, the, the earth to be witnesses that you people have to keep these mitzvahs and if you don't, terrible things are going to happen to you. When, I, when there was the abridged version that's chosen is a very different kind of abridged version. And of course in Moab, that's the reason you have alot to klalot, you have the word promise, you have the word alot. I know. It's much also the tochecha, by the way, in, in uh, Dvarim, is much more severe than the tochecha in, in, uh, in Vayikra. Now, in order to, to fully understand this, I, I want to focus a bit on the Tochecha. The Tochecha is a very difficult part of this whole thing. As I said, Tochecha maybe makes some sense in Moab. doesn't make sense in, 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 in Shemot, when it came out of Mitzrayim, and that's why the Torah pushed it away. But if you read the Tochecha, it is so depressing. It is so difficult. I mean... Uh, 
Hebrew I read when I did it, I read some sukkim just to um, make people feel the uh, difficulty. But I can read some of the sukkim, it's very difficult to translate. I mean, this is in the volume. God will make you um, fall before your enemies. You go to them in one way and you, you run away from them in seven different directions. In other words, you, you fail in war. Your, your, your body, when you kill, becomes food for the, for the birds to eat and the animals. You don't even get a burial when you die. Then God will hit you with all kinds of diseases, which we don't even know what they all are. And and Yakashem you'll go out of your mind because of the, the intensity of this. And and the worst thing at the end is your children, your daughters, your sons are taken away by foreign people. They nechem your eyes see it. The and yearn for them, but you're hopeless, you can't do anything. And ultimately, you will eat the flesh of your own children, your, your sons and daughters, because of the terrible starvation that you're going to be in. That, this is a horrible, horrible, horrible description of what's coming ahead. Why? Why is the Tochecha so difficult and what it's in about? I think the key to this is understanding what is I found in life something very I always tell people that usually when you see a strength it's like a coin when you see a strength of a person turn it over and you got his weakness it's usually the same thing it's, it's usually a flip side of the same characteristic right yeah, you're very fine try it out one day when you see people who have certain weaknesses there's also a strength in it and people that have strengths it's also their weakness works both ways I think that's what happens here. A covenant with God, on the one hand, I mean, we have a special relationship with God. Imagine, God draws up a covenant with us. He's willing to enter into a an agreement, a friendship with us, and it's the most complimentary thing that you can get. But it's hadadiyur, it involves obligations. It doesn't, it's not one way, it's a two way thing. Yeah, I brought it a little bit of it in uh, number seven. Seven I brought from, from Vayikra and Dvarim, from both places where you see it. In Vayikra it says, I will walk among you. Goes both ways. I'll be a God, but then you've got to be my people. In Devarim, you have Hayom uh, Look at Pasuk Yud Zayin. Chavav Yud Zayin. Et Hashem Hemircha Hayom Liot Leilohim Velechem Bedrachav Lishmor Chukav Mitzvotav Mitzvotav Lishmor Bekolto. God, the word Hemart is a difficult word, but let's say God, you have chosen, you have said to Him, I am going to go follow your ways and keep all your laws and ordinances and everything. And God, in effect, says to you, to be his special people. In other words, there's a mutuality here. It works, there's a mutuality in, 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 in any covenant, but here certainly it is the most complimentary thing. But the flip side of the coin, there's a tremendous danger here. 
The danger here is if we violate the covenant, is it a violation or maybe it's an abrogation? In, in every contract, there is Hebrew, the word is, um, the contract is, um, um, so the, you uh, know, the Jose you have is something which is Yesodi. There's a, Hafara Yesodi. That's it. Hafara Yesodi. Every contract, there may be little violations. It doesn't contract, it doesn't violate the contract. But there is such a thing as a hafara yisodit of a chosah. There's something that is so central to, the, to what the, this contract is all about. If you violate it, it's an abrogation. It's not just a violation. Excuse me? What? Death clause. Death clause. <laughs> all right. And could be, I don't know. In Hebrew, it's Hafra Yisudit Beskem. Now, in Dvarim, this seems to be, the Dvarim uses the word Hafara. Look, look at it. I, I brought it, um, and I didn't bring it for you here. No, you don't have it here. Um, no, uh, let me quote it for you. In Dvarim, it says as follows. In Lamed Aleph, Vayomar Shem Moshe, In Chashol Chayvim Avatecha V'Kol Amazevin Nazana. We read this pasuk. You're going to die, and the people will eventually leave the ways. They fear Et Briti Asher Karatito, and he will be Mefer the Brit. What does Mefer mean? Violate or abrogate? It's uh, generally it means abrogate. Ki Avienu Al Adama. A few pesukim later in Chaf. When I bring him to Israel, this wonderful land, and he eats and he's happy and he's living, but he turns to other gods, and he serves them, and they rebuke me, they fare at Briti, and he violates the, the contract. This is the big question here. The impression seems to be that if we don't keep our part in something central, like Avodah Zarah, this is used in terms of Avodah Zarah, where I serve another God, Mela, I don't keep Shabbos. So I didn't keep a certain detail in the Heskem. But if I'm Oved Avodah Zarah, I leave God. In other words, I have this, this unique Heskem of friendship with this, with God, and all of a sudden I, I serve another God, then it could be that the whole contract is violated. In other words, the problem that we have here is when you consider the natural weaknesses of man, there would seem to be no hope. If I consider the fact that this can be violated, I have no hope. What is the solution? The solution is that a few hundred years before this, God made another covenant. The covenant with the, with the Avod, with Avram. This covenant is very different. Look at number eight. Look at Zion. And I'm going to preserve the, the, the covenant between me and you. And with your future generations. And all then generations. An eternal Brit. The Brit Avot is very different. And here we're caught up in a, in, a, in, a, in a difficulty. 
There are two Britot here, really, two sets of Britot. There's the Brit of Ot and the Brit with Am Yisrael. The Brit with Am Yisrael is a Brit based on content. There's a book, there's, there's an abridged version. It's based, there's obligations. And if I don't keep certain basic in it, it's a basic violation of the contract which abrogates the contract. But with the Avot, it's not a Brit based on mitzvot alone. It's an ethnic Brit. You can get angry at your brother. You can be furious with a relative. But a brother remains a brother. And a sister remains a sister. But a father remains a father. And a son remains a son. You can't divorce a father. You can't divorce a son. And so we have here a difficulty. On the one hand, the Brit with the people, demands that if we violate it, that it all be cancelled, that the Brit be abrogated, but the Brit of vote doesn't let it. How did, how could the two Britot live together? There's only one way the two Britot can live together. The Britot live together because of the Tochecha. This is the key. What the Tochecha is really saying is as follows. He says, you know what? There's another um, item in this contract which says as follows. If Am Yisrael goes ahead and violates this agreement to the extent that in a normal contract it would be a fundamental violation and lead to abrogation, I can't abrogate it because I have my obligations, God says, to, the, to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And so instead there will be punishment. But punishment that is not designed to punish out of anger, punishment that is designed to basically bring people back to keep the Brit. How do I bring them back? This is what God wants. And it's crazy, almost as a radical. The love of God is what always brings about the Tochecha. And I'll show you something interesting. If you open up your Tanakh to, to Vayikra Chavav, I want to... I'll read it for you. I don't know if you I'm going to skip Sukkim, but I want to show you the structure of the Tochecha is exactly what I'm saying now. Look how it begins. It begins, I don't have much time, so we'll use Hebrew here. I am God that took you out of Israel. I am your God now. That's the introduction. Then, Chet begins. Ve'im lo tishmuli, ve'lo ta'asev kol mitzvot e'lo, ve'im mechokatai temasu v'chuli lehafrechem et briti. If you begin doing things which are basically an abrogation of the Brit, no, it's a violation. I will not cancel the Brit. What will I do? Then the punishment begins. Afaniya sezot lachem, pasak tadzayin, tifkadi lachem be'olat, ashachef v'takat dachat, machalot enayim v'chuli v'chuli, he goes, ve'ivetia lachem cherev no kemet nekam brit, and I will bring upon you a sword which takes revenge on you for violating the brit, right? V'achalta b'sabnechem, and all these terrible things. But then what happens in pasak mem? V'itvadu et avonam v'et avon avotam, but then you do tshuva. You admit, you confess that you did wrong. And then what happens? Then 
God now will remember the Brit Avot and the Sakhatir Brit Yushonim Bakhuli Bakhuli. Where the structure is clear. The structure of the Tochecha is designed, terrible as it is, this is the way we can find a way to work episodes between the two Britot. Interesting, I don't have time for it. If anyone looks at the beginning of Rashi, at the beginning of Nitzavim, Rashi basically says the structure. Because Rashi talks about, listen to this quote of Rashi, I'll give you some of it. Rashi says here, Why does God tie you into these promises? You shouldn't get him angry. He can't leave you. Why can't he leave you? Because he's got the Brit Avot, which is an eternal Brit. So Rashi, Rashi's then dealing here afterwards later. He says there were 98 Psukim here in Devarim against 49 in the Tochecha in Vayikra. Why much more? These curses bring about your survival. They're the ones that really ultimately allow you to survive. It's interesting that you will find a number of times, if you look at your number, I'm not going to bring it all here, but you have it on your list here. If you look at 10, you will see at the end of Devarim the words, Bushomer Habrit Vahachesed. Brit and Chesed go together. The only way Brit can survive is because there's a Chesed involved in it. If it's just a cold contract, then if this kind of violation is an abrogation. The word appears over and over again. And I just bring at the end that verse of Yeshayahu, Ki Haharim, Yimoshu, the, the, the mountains, they, they move from their places, Timatena, the peaks can collapse, the Chazdimim Cholo Yamosh, but my Chesed to you will never move, Ubrit Lotomot, and my, my covenant of peace will never collapse, Amar Murachamech Hashem.